March 16th, 2020. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said Podcast. Crazy times out there, huh? Wow. I mean, it's like, uh, say, say, people, a lot of people are saying the same, like, cliche things over and over because it's true. It's like a movie, right? It's, uh, surreal out there. Uh, closures all over the place. We basically have almost no live sports still going right now. Um, there are horse racing, horse racing, we'll talk about that in the horse racing segment a little later, but some race tracks are still open. Some of them have already started to close, but they're running without spectators. They just announced that WrestleMania is going to be closed, um, to the public. They will, they will have WrestleMania on pay-per-view and streaming on the WWE network. And it will be from the WWE performance center in Florida where they're now running, you know, the Monday Night Raws, NXTs, where they've been running NXTs for the last few years. It's kind of like their training center now that they built up and where they where they have their quote-unquote minor league system, which isn't really a minor league, it's kind of like an extra brand. So um, now we're down to many restaurants and bars um, all going to be closed down. Restaurants are open a lot of places just as far as like takeout um, or, you know, delivery services. So just... The way that I've tried to approach this, I won't talk a whole lot about it. We're going to get into all, all the sports because this is all over the places. I'm just, I'm trying to be somewhere in the middle, right? I'm not necessarily out uh, stocking up on everything for the next six months, but I'm definitely taking this seriously when everything's closing and when we, uh, we're we seeing all these huge companies and huge organizations shutting down. Uh, I think we have to at least be somewhere in the middle um, and, and take this at least a little bit seriously. So... Um, just be smart, you know, stay safe, um, try to kind of do some of the things that they've been asking, you know, maybe not the best to go out in big, big places with big groups. I think as of, you know, when I'm recording this on Monday evening, it's, uh, they're asking to be like no bigger than groups of 10. So just be smart about everything you're doing and, uh, try to, uh, um, you know, make the best of your time at home. We'll, we'll watch whatever sports are still around. Uh, lots of Netflix, lots of Hulu, lots of Amazon Prime. We'll be talking a lot of TV shows here in the next uh, few days uh, and, and wrestling still going too. So we still have plenty to cover here on That's What G Said podcast. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll hear from one of our sponsors and then we're going to talk a little NFL free agency. It was This was a massive day. There were already tons of rumors, lots going on. So we'll spend a few minutes kind of recapping what happened on uh, the first day of this like tampering uh, allowed tampering period where uh, all, all of these deals have, uh, have already started getting done. So a uh, quick word from one of our sponsors and then some NFL. Horse racing fans and betters of all kinds, we are very excited to be covering the races from Sam Houston Race Park here on That's What G Said on each and every episode. They're broadcasting in HD, they have bigger purses, turf racing over there, but for me, the key is that 12% low takeout on their multi-leg wagers. Doubles, pick threes, pick fours, pick fives. They are building a great program over there. It truly is major league racing. We have to give a big applause to the TTA, the Texas Thoroughbred Association. They've added new incentives and bonus programs for buying and selling horses, so it's better for the customers and it's better for the horsemen in Texas. Their social media presence has been bumped up. You can follow them at SHRP Racing on Twitter and you're going to find morning training videos, the Monday Minute jockey interviews, or if you're not on Twitter, you can find all the information at SHRP.com. They're just working so hard to treat their horsemen and women and the betters right, so let's give them a little bit of our focus. A couple big days coming up. February the 22nd is Texas Preview Day, and the big day, March the 21st, that is Texas Champions Day. We'll be covering all of that action here on That's What G Said with all sorts of different interviews focusing in on Sam Houston. Make sure when you go to play the races, give Sam Houston a look with that ultra-low 12% takeout in the multi-leg wagers. So, uh, as of Monday, it was a, a big start of another period now in the NFL free agency and lots of moves are being made and so I'm just looking on NFL.com I'm going to go through like team by team there were a couple really big moves a couple big trades a couple uh, um, players that have moved on to uh, other spots that are are pretty big deals so we'll go through each team kind of mention some of the uh, the deals that they made the big deals and just kind of hit on them real quick so like alphabetically this is on uh, NFL.com for their free agency tracking uh, Arizona Cardinals, Kenyon Drake, transition tag on Drake. 
Um, DeAndre Hopkins, they acquired the wide receiver. This is probably the biggest move. One of the best wide receivers in the league, you know, top three, top five. They acquire him from the Texans along with a fourth-round pick in exchange for running back David Johnson as well as a 2020 second-round pick and a 2021 fourth-round pick. So that's a massive deal there. Um, uh, everyone that's reported on this and everything that I've seen, just this this looks like an awful deal for the Texans where you're just getting back David Johnson, who, you know, he, he's been really banged up the last few years. And you're getting rid of one of the best wide receivers because you're already worried about having to extend him. Um, the Texans, with their you know no GM um, situation, it doesn't look like they made a good move here. But I mean, uh, we'll see uh, on that one. Falcons, uh, Tyler Davidson agreed to a three-year deal, and Hayden Hurst they acquire in a trade with the Ravens along the tight end along with the 2024th round pick in exchange for a 2022nd and 5th round pick. So, uh, you know, the Ravens have a kind of a uh, an embarrassment of riches with their tight ends there. They have a couple really good ones, Andrews in particular. So they were able to, uh, to make a move like that. And the Falcons also cut Devontae Freeman. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, uh, Michael Brockers agreed to a three-year, $30 million deal with the team. Calais Campbell was acquired in a trade with the Jacksonville Jags in exchange for a fifth-round pick. Um, Ravens finalizing a two-year, $27 million deal. A lot of this is from uh, Ian Rappaport. Uh, Matt Judon, team placed franchise tag. Uh, Buffalo Bills agreed to terms on a one-year, $6 million contract with uh, Josh Norman. Carolina Panthers, uh, they had made that Okung deal earlier. Uh, Kyle Allen signed a one-year extension. Uh, the Bears, Trevathan, three-year extension, $21 million, uh, max 24, $21 million base value, max $24 million. Cincinnati Bengals placed a franchise tag on A.J. Green. Cleveland Browns were busy. They agreed to terms on a three-year $42 million deal with offensive tackle Jack Conklin. So this is big. This was one of the better uh, free agents available for the, the offensive line, which Cleveland really needed some help. They got Austin Hooper, four years, $44 million, $23 million guaranteed. He's the highest-paid tight end in the NFL right now. The running back Kareem Hunt, not a second-round tender on the restricted free agent. Case Keenum, three-year, $18 million deal, uh, $10 million guaranteed. Um, for the Browns, the Cowboys placed the franchise tag on Dak Prescott, and they re-signed Blake Jarwin, tight end, three-year deal up to $24 million, uh, just over $9 million guaranteed. The Broncos, they made that A.J. Boye earlier. Uh, Glasgow agreed to a four-year $40 million, uh, $44 million deal, and Simmons franchise tag. Uh, the Lions offensive tackle Vitae, five-year $50 million deal with the uh, with the Lions, the Packers, Kirksey, two-year, $16 million deal. Uh, Wagner terms uh, with the Packers. Also, the Texans, who signed the kicker. Kaimi Fairbairn, Darren Fells, tight end re-signed. Uh, David Johnson acquired in a trade with the Cardinals, along with the 2020 second-round pick and 2021 fourth-rounder fourth in exchange for DeAndre Hopkins and a fourth-round pick. And they re-signed uh, Bradley Roby three-year, $36 million deal. The Colts, DeForest Buckner, this was a big trade. They acquired in a trade with the 49ers in exchange for the 2020 first-round pick from the Colts, number 13 overall. The Colts are also giving Buckner a massive extension worth $21 million. Uh, Costanzo, the offensive tackle, two-year, $33 million contract to stay there. Uh, Nagaku for the Jags, franchise tag. The Chiefs, yeah, they placed a franchise tag on Chris Jones, and they picked up a $2.3 million contract option on Damian Williams. The Raiders linebacker, uh, Kwiatkowski, three-year $21 million deal. The Chargers, Austin Eckler, big deal, $24 million, four years, $15 million guaranteed. Hunter Henry got the franchise tag placed on him. Uh, the Dolphins, Deal worth $17 million per year. Highest paid cornerback in the league, Byron Jones. Eric Flowers agreed to terms on a three-year $30 million deal. Shaq Lawson, three-year $30 million deal. Kyle Van Noy, four-year $51 million deal. So the Dolphins spending some money. The Vikings, C.J. Ham, four-year $12 million. Anthony Harris, franchise tagged. Eric Wilson, second-round tender. 
Patriots, Devin McCourty, two-year, $23 million. Matthew Slater, two-year extension. Joe Thune, um, franchise tag. Uh, the Saints, Onyemata, re-signed. Garofalo, uh, three years, $27 million. The Giants, uh, James Bradbury, three-year, $45 million. And they franchise tagged Leonard Williams. Philly Eagles, Hargrave, three-year, $39 million deal. Pittsburgh Steelers, Bud Dupree, franchise tag. The 49ers, Eric Armstead, re-signed, five-year deal, $85 million. Uh, Seahawks, Jacob Hollister, second-round tender. Greg Olson signed a one-year deal. This was a few days ago. Tampa Bay, Shaq Barrett, franchise tag. Jason Pierre-Paul re-signed two years, $27 million deal. Derrick Henry got franchise tagged. And Dennis Kelly, terms on a deal to return, three years, $21 million. Ryan Tannehill, a big one, four years, $118 million, $62 million fully guaranteed. And then the Redskins, uh, franchise tag on Scherf. And they signed a three-year deal with uh, Wes Schweitzer. So tons of moves, tons still happening. And some of the big rumors out there. So the biggest moves, you know, I think over the last couple of days, the Tannehill signing, the, the huge trade of Hopkins to uh, Arizona, and the Buckner to the Colts trade. And what we're hearing is Tom Brady has interest now from three teams with the Tampa Bay Bucks, the Chargers, and the Patriots. It looks like it's going to be one of those three teams. Lots. It looks like Foles is getting lots of interest as far as a trade because – uh, the Jags have Minshew there. Uh, Rivers is getting a lot of interest from the Colts, hearing that that might even be a done deal. Um, lots of talk of Teddy Bridgewater to the Bears and maybe Trubisky getting benched. And then there's all these talks about Todd Gurley. Um, as far as in, in trades, what's going to happen with Todd Gurley? So, hey, it, it, it's a lot of things are, are stopping and slowing down. The NFL had a really, really busy Monday, and it, it's kind of fun to at least have all these moves and stuff to think of because it kind of gives you a, a little bit of a of, of normalcy for a, a little while. So we'll continue to report on some of the big moves in the NFL as there were a ton of them on Monday. Let's talk a little, uh, little horse racing. It's one of the only things we have left to talk and I honestly don't know how much longer we're going to be able to, to talk racing, to, to be fair. As long as the tracks are open, we'll be handicapping them and we'll talk them. But we're going to run through a list right now. Tracks are literally kind of by the minute changing. So right now, Oakland's running without spectators through March 30th. Aqueduct running without fans. Uh, Vangeline canceled their thoroughbred meet, which starts April the 8th. The Grand National, Great Britain's most famous race, canceled. Buffalo Raceway suspended their meet until May the 2nd. Hawthorne Harness is going to race without fans. So you can tell it's just different one track to the next, different. And I'm sure pretty soon it's going to become kind of uniform. Um, I just hope that no one gets sick at any of these tracks. It was a good, it was a really good weekend. You know, uh, Monmouth delays their opening day of the meet by three weeks. Keeneland canceled their entire meet. Sunland Park, they drew the Sunland Park, uh, they, they drew the Sunland Derby card. Shoplifted Azul Coast, high velocity, Fort Knox, fast enough as seen on TV, top draw, Sir Rick, Palm Springs, and then they canceled uh, for a couple weeks, or, or at least suspended everything. Maryland doesn't know. They ran on Sunday. They're not supposed to, they're supposed to be shut down, but they're trying to clarify if they're allowed to run without any spectators. Indiana shut down, Canterbury shut down, and it looks like the Kentucky Derby is going to be postponed from everything that I'm hearing and reading. There's going to be an announcement on Tuesday morning made at around 9 o'clock Eastern time from uh, Churchill Downs, or from the Kentucky Derby, you know, about the Kentucky Derby. And I believe it's going to be postponed till September the 5th from everything that I've, I've seen. So how crazy is that going to be? Because wh- how what does that do for the Triple Crown, the schedule? You're going to run the Preakness where? Uh, a few weeks after, what do you do with the Belmont? Do you run it at Belmont? Now you're looking into the t- the point where you're not far away from the Breeders' Cup. What happens with the races that are you know supposed to be three year old races? At what point? And all this comes down to again, you know, these are questions that nobody can answer, and these are questions that we have we don't have a clue because we don't know when things are going to start back up again. We don't know if you know some of these meets are going to continue to be able to run without fans. So I mean, everything is up in the air right now, and. Um, I mean, and who knows? We saw some really impressive three-year-olds uh, over the past weekend. So uh, before we get into three-year-olds, uh, actually, over over at Oakland Park, um, hey, we got a winner with the night ops, and then Serengeti and Empress looked extremely impressive. In 
in the Azeri when Emma lost the rider at the start, the race was was really over. Serengeti Empress was asked, and that's the way you have to ride a horse with her kind of speed. Get the separation, run them off their feet. Don't try to keep it close and then let them have the the ability to close with you. And uh, that was a really good ride. And Joe Talamos is doing an excellent job over there at Oaklawn Park. He had the winner on, on night ops in uh, in the race prior to that. Also, one thing that bothered me at Oaklawn, we saw a horse named Blackberry Wine break his maiden. Blackberry Wine is a horse who has actually already won two races and was in the Risen Star, and he tested positive and was disqualified from his victories. And what's frustrating is that. After winning two races, you test positive, you you get disqualified you, from the victories, you lose the purse, but you're able to come back and run again in, in a maiden race, and he wins a race by 13 lengths. But like, how do we watch a horse like this and ever know if what we're watching is real? And you know, he's probably going to jump back up into a stakes race next, and probably try to shot at another Kentucky Derby prep. I mean, who knows? I mean, everything I'm talking about now, I'm just kind of assuming it would be the way you know. The way it was, but I'd be furious to see him show up in a stakes race again. Because what's to say he doesn't show up in a stakes race again, and and then a month or two afterwards, you know, he wins the race or he runs well, and then he tests positive, or just with his speed, he completely changes the complexion of a race when he's in it because he's going to be forwardly placed or he's going to be sitting close and putting pressure and uh, and at least like involved in the race. So I'm not a fan of of just kind of seeing. I don't know what. What to do Because it's not really fair to the horse to not let him run Obviously But when he's back in a maiden race That doesn't seem fair And then if he jumps up and runs in a stakes race I mean that doesn't really seem fair Because How do we know he's clean Um So and I mean With everything's been going on in racing in the last couple of weeks It's hard to really trust When someone says yeah they are Oh yeah we tested them they're clean And then we find out later that they weren't you know Unfortunate, but but what we did see at Oakland Park, which was very impressive, was Nadal, and uh, Nadal was, was awesome. And I've heard some people who like knocked his performance, which I'm just kind of scratching my head on because maybe like the time overall wasn't that fast. But he came home pretty nicely late. And what I loved about what Nadal did, right? He had, he drew the rail in a race where there was a lot of other speed. It was the first time going long. It was the first time he had to ship. He dealt with a ton of other pressure from the inside, right? He's in front of no parole, so you know he's quick. And American Theorem is pressing him early. So the two horses who were running with him early, look where they end up running. Last and second to last. And then in the middle of the race, you have Silver Prospector and Three Technique kind of loom up and, and take a shot at him. And he puts them away. And then late, you have Accession, who... Likes an off racetrack Was saving a lot of ground And I think he kind of benefited from the way the race was shaping up And then he comes at him And Nadal put, shrugs him off And late if you watch People are like oh he, he was he, oh, the, the, It was a bad race because there was an 80 to 1 shot That ran second Well you know watch the race He put an accession away too And was and was the, widening the margin again He's still figuring things out This is just his third career race He's a big dude Now I think he's awesome. I think he's he'll fight you. The one concern that I have, and I think he might be like down the line, you know, one of the best horses in this crop for sure. The one concern I have with him in a race like the Kentucky Derby, if it's a big field, if it's a field of 20, if he doesn't get the lead or if he's not able to kind of stock to the outside, if he gets behind horses and he has to maneuver around and shift around, I don't know if that's going to be good for him. Emily Golickson, who we've had on here, she was on uh, Scott Shapiro's podcast last week, and she kind of mentioned that before the race. And I, I when you go watching after the race, I agree. I mean, he will fight you, though. That's what I like about him. He, you know, the difference between him and Authentic, right? And and even Charlatan, who we saw a few minutes after. So Authentic, who's also really good, but he doesn't. He hasn't really been tested at all. I much prefer a horse who's been tested and who's like just does not want to let you buy. And that's what I see with Nadal. So I'm super high on him. And lucky I have I'm on a fantasy in my fantasy league. I've been very high on him all, all along. And so I think you know Accession ran well in, in an off racetrack, and he's probably stamped himself a you know a, a spot in the starting gate if 
you know, if and when that may be. And then Basin came back to the races, and he he was you know he was fine. He it was a race he needed. He picked up a few points, and he should be better next time we see him. Silver Prospector was a little bit disappointing there. Uh, Coach Bai made a like a big kind of move into it, but flattened out a little bit late. I thought the race, you know, you look going in, you have you know Basin, who's a Grade One winner. You have Three Technique, who's been very highly regarded his whole career. Silver Prospector is a multiple graded stakes winner. Nope Rolls, a really nice undefeated Louisiana bred, who which is kind of a total wild card. We had no idea uh, what to do with him um, and you know, what what his like you know ceiling could be. And then American Theorem is Grade One placed. This was a good field. This was one of look around, compare this group. And then afterwards, people go, oh, well, the 80 to 1. But look at the credentials of the horses in this race and compare this group to, you know, the Tampa Bay Derby or, um, you know, any of the other preps around. You know, th- this was a good group that Nadal beat in just his third career start. And then a few minutes later, we see Charlatan, who just looks like an absolute monster at Santa Anita. The, the difference with Charlatan, though, is he earned 106 buyer. But he doesn't have any contributor reboot points yet, so he has he has to be make sure that he doesn't you know have a little bit of a step up or a, a misstep in his in his derby prep where he's trying to get some points. And I just I don't know when I've ne- when I've seen horses like that that have never been tested. And and a lot of and and so the 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 counter to that would be well, Gino maybe he's just so good that he's never going to get tested. And you're right, that could very well be the case. But I prefer to. Of when I'm when I have the opportunity, if there's a horse like Nadal that I've seen get tested by some nice horses and answer the test, I mean, in just his last couple starts, he's dealt with, you know, Ginobili, who I think is a really good sprinter, Storm the Court, who no matter how high on him or not, you know, Storm the Court came back and ran, you know, fine in the San Felipe, um, and he was your Breeders' Cup winner last year. Hasn't come back strong, but he's still not a bad horse. And then what Nadal's done with uh, the. the you know, the foes he faced in the Rebel. That was, that was super impressive. The winner of the the Ruby at Turfway Field Pass is not nominated to the Derby, and the connections don't seem to think like he, that he's going to run in the Derby. They said that, that he was pointing more to the uh, American turf, and again, like we'll see with all these races likely being rescheduled and changed around and everything. So um, that's Field Pass who uh, won that race, who will probably not even be pointing to the Kentucky Derby. So the the Kentucky Derby point standing, some of the the new horses who kind of have jumped up. Nadal is up to number three. Uh, so Authentic is one with his 60 points. Ete Indian has 54 points. He's second. Nadal's number three with his 50. Mischievous um, Alex and Modernist King Guillermo also have 50. Behind them is Enforceable, who, you know, we'll see what's going to happen with the, you know, Enforceable, Modernist, and some of them who are supposed to run in the Louisiana Derby, which is still scheduled to go this coming up weekend on Saturday. We'll break that race down in a lot of the undercard races as long as it's still going. Storm the Court is in 8th with 32 points. Sol Volante has 30, then 1,000 words. Tis the Law, number 11, Silver Prospector. Accession jumped up. He now has 20 points. He's number 13 on the list. Honor AP, many people are high on him after that really nice return to the races. Major Fed, Candy Tycoon, Untitled, Shotski, has eight is number eighteen. He has nineteen points. Independence Hall. He has his fourteen points. He's going to be headed to the Florida Derby. Silver State is currently number twenty on the point standings list. He has fourteen. Uh, Azul Coast is also has uh, fourteen. He's number twenty one on the list there. So some of the horses on the outside looking in. You know, shoplifted a new Dior, Maxfield Basin, Eight Rings, Dennis's Moment, and who knows. Uh, with some of those horses, you know, maybe thinking about a race like the Bluegrass, which we know is not going to be run now because Keeneland has canceled their meet. Crazy, crazy stuff out there in the world. And just make sure to stay tuned here to That's What G Said Podcast. We'll update you on the news for everything, um, you know, when things get shut down, when things get canceled, when things open back up. And we will uh, we'll, we'll let you know. We'll, we'll be your, your eyes and your ears here uh, on each and every episode. We're going to keep pumping episodes out no matter what. We have a lot to talk about. We'll kind of react. We'll respond to everything. And, you know, we'll. Uh, what's nice about having a show like this is we, it can kind of be whatever whatever we need it to be. And, you know, we'll react to whatever sports or whatever big things are happening in the world. Let's take a quick break. And then when we return, let's get to Sam Houston. We have Tuesday and Wednesday cards to break down. 
One of the sponsors of That's What G Said podcast is Cindy Carava, full-service realtor, and I am here over in Glendora at Coldwell Banker with Cindy Carava. Cindy, how was 2019 for you? Tell us uh, a little bit about what uh, what kind of stuff you were working on. Hi, Gino. Thanks for having me. Uh, 2019 was just really great. Uh, I had a great year uh, selling homes all the way from Altadena, Arcadia, Monrovia, out to Upland and Ontario just recently. Um, the market has, has been uh, really good. Um, we're looking forward to 2020 with an increase in home prices about 5.8% this year, opposed to last year where it was a little softer. We saw uh, more like homes averaging about 3.5% in increase in value. Um, it's also looking great for buyers. Uh, the interest rates right now are gonna be staying under 4%. So if you've been on the fence about thinking about buying a home, now is the time to do so with interest rates still staying low. And you offer more services than just the buying, selling, and leasing homes. Tell us about some of the other services that you offer and what a full-service realtor really is. So you're right, Gino. Besides me being uh, a full-service realtor of uh, finding properties for my clients to buy or selling their homes or finding rentals for them, um, I also have a plethora of resources like uh, handyman, contractors, electricians, plumbers. Uh, I even, if like I said, if you're thinking about getting a home loan, I actually work with two great lenders that I can recommend to anybody. And you're all over the internet, social media, websites. Let us know some of the places where we can find you. I know I've seen some reviews on Yelp and on Zillow. Everyone always has positive things to say. Everybody hears me raving about you all the time. But where can uh, everyone else find out information about you or contact? Thank you, Gino. Yeah, I am on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, And uh, you can contact me on my website, which is www.cindycarava.com or my email, which is cindyc.realtor at gmail.com. Or feel free to call or text me on my cell phone, which is 626-394-6400. Cindy is awesome. She's one of the kindest and most genuine people I've ever met. I promise you, you will enjoy every minute you interact with her. So thank you very much, Cindy. Uh, Appreciate all of your support from That's What She Said podcast. Thank you, Gino. Have a great day, everyone. Okay, past performance is out. Let's go March 17th, St. Patty's Day. And we do have racing still going on at Sam Houston. So we're going to be all over Sam Houston on Tuesday. Uh, let's start with race number one, and we can kick things off right away with a pick five. These are $15,000 claimers, non-winners of two. I like the six in here, Top Hat Charmer, three-year-old filly. She most recently, on February the 14th, made her first start at Sam Houston, and it was her first start since September. She was asked for some speed from post two. She was about a half length behind the leader, and she had a wall of five horses to her outside. She got squeezed out of a really tight spot. She got shuffled back. She lost at least a length. She angled around. She had dead aim. Really no excuses, but it was just her first start. She had that early uh, first start since September. She had that early trouble, so she had every right to just be a little bit tired late. She was a clear-cut second, and now... She's drawn, you know, she drew post two last time, so she was stuck on the inside. Now she's drawn to the outside, and things are going to be much, much better for her with that draw. Um, The other horses to include in here, uh, the three contenders who was three off, uh, was part of a second flight, but was in the middle of traffic and lost some ground, angled around, got up late for second. I think probably the one they'll all have to hold off in here. Seven furlongs feels like it should be a really good distance for the three. The four, Quinn, Ella, 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 A, 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 after my Quinn, Ella, went four wide into the turn, but she worked her way up to third, she was two off, she was in the two path, Quinella was a horse that we gave out here last time, and so was Big Little Lot, did you ever want it, want it, want it? But, you know, Big Little Eye, she caught a field without any speed last time out. I just don't really like her as much in this spot. Uh, I just had to be able to to, to get the song in a a little bit because I just love that show. Six, three, four for me. No real knocks on the two-scene double. You know, showed some speed in between horses. The two-path was up to duel with the rival and then held on late. But I don't know if she's going to be able to get the same type of trip she got in here. Um, Quinella has a little bit of speed. And I think with Big Little Lie and Top Hat Charmer, I wouldn't be shocked, like, right up on the pace there from the outside. I mean, all of these horses are pretty 
kind of tactical and versatile. So I just I, I think it's a little bit of a tougher spot for seeing double. So let's go six three four there in that order in race number one, Sam Houston. In race number two, uh, I like the two magical force here. Who's going to step foot on the grass for the first time? Uh, she's going to go two sprints, two a route, stretches out. Going to go second off the layoff. Hadn't raced between August and February, so you know every right to step forward there. The dam was 0 for five, but the progeny of this one, 11 for 31 on the turf, and the and the uh, the siblings for Magical Force are combined seven for 14 in turf routes. So you're getting a, a filly who's going to drop in class. She's going to stretch out. She's shown tactical speed in some sprints. So I think she has a little more speed than we think. You know, she she broke kind of poorly in that. She completely missed the break in that debut, and she was able to recover and not be too far off of it. So I think she should be able to sit close in here with a smooth start. This barn can win with limited numbers. I'm going to put the two magical force on top in here. Uh, I respect um, some of the, the logical contenders in here, the, like the five Marcy Gray girl who... This one to me seems like the one to beat. She enters in off of a couple really solid races on the dirt, and if you look back at the the grass form, she actually has a, a couple decent races on the grass, including one on September the 11th at Rotama. So in a field where nobody's really proven on the grass, she actually has you know probably the best grass race in here. The one Pemperament match had a slow start, but she recovered to press. She was four wide. She lost some ground, but then she loomed up again, and she couldn't get up by the pace setter. She just fits in here, you know. She'll have to prove it on the grass, but she wasn't, like, bad, bad on the grass in June at Louisiana Down. She just didn't really show a, a ton of, uh, of, like, determination and fight there. So, in the four, Alcalina, you can make a case for this one, too. Um, she should be sent um, on the stretch out. She had a good start. She tracked just off. Um, but she never really seemed comfortable, but the dam is 0 for 18 on the grass. The siblings are combined 0 for 2 on the grass. Um, she was behind unapologetically. He saw uh, can, was the one that came back to beat Magical Force on February the 28th. Let's go 2 5 3 4. We'll put them in that order. Magical Force will be one of those long shots we try to put a few bucks on to win. In race number three, uh, we're going to go to the two always secret. You know, she completely missed the break. She was last early. She was eight off. She moved outside. She was three deep. She was up to within two lengths of the lead. She got pushed four wide, then five wide, chasing slow fractions. So she was just flat late. It was a better-than-looks effort in a debut, and I think she will take a lot out of that race, and I like the fact that Parker keeps the faith in here. So let's put the two always secret on top. The number six we'll, uh, we'll throw in the second spot. That's Bell Strike. She broke on top from the rail, but she didn't corner that well. She ended up second. She was a couple lengths off. She got shuffled back in between horses. Uh, she lost a couple lengths. She angled out three deep in between, and she ended up getting put up to third. It was an eh, D, like put up by DQ. I don't know how much you know she really got impacted. Um, you know, still she's a top player in here. And when you see Elliot, who shows up, I mean, he's he's nine for twenty so far in these you know couple days that he showed up to ride at. At uh at Sam Houston, so you know you have to take notice any any of these horses because he's gonna just put a much better ride on them than uh, than they've got a lot of the time. The one Cecilia's gem, you know, you you can make case for like both parts of the entry. West Coast Temple, I guess, a little less of a case for, but Cecilia's gem, um, she was the one who was DQ'd. She actually finished across the wire in front of Bell Strike, but she was DQ'd because she kind of came out on Bell Strike a little bit. She was mid pack. She was in between horses. She was three off. She got up to fourth. She was on the rail. She moved through a tight spot. She got up into second, and she was trying to clear out a spot, and you know. It was, her, it was her first try going long. She can improve off that. I thought it was a pretty decent effort. Now, obviously, the five cursey to the kitten with the blinks coming on. February 22nd uh, was uh, your beaten favorite. It's actually been your beaten favorite the last two. And last time we saw her, she was a step slow. Then she rushed up. She was three deep into the turn. She worked her way up to fifth. She was three off. And she was, you know, coming up to challenge three deep, then four deep in between to the top of the lane, up to within a half length before fading. It was It was fine. You know, like others, a little bit more in here, but it was fine. I would completely dismiss her. So I have two six one five. Um, if you want to maybe, if you want to include the four, I wouldn't completely talk you off either. You just can't use them all. So I have two six one five in that order. In the fourth race, text spread five thousand dollar claimers. I'm gonna start with the seven in here, and that is Stillwater R. 
who is now going to drop in against $5,000 Texas Preds. This is a gelding who likes seven furlongs. He drew the rail last time out, and he got stuck in a bad spot immediately. He got shuffled, he lost a couple lengths, he was buried on the inside, then he got backed up into, he got shuffled again, lost three lengths, lost all his momentum, had to angle around widest of all, now goes from the inside to the outside. He should have a much better trip. He can sit a little bit. He doesn't have to be dead last. He has a little more tactical speed than they showed. I like the trip at seven furlongs. So let's put the seven. Still water R. I think uh, getting a nice... Um, I-, I think Luzzy will fit this one well today. So let's put the seven on top. The number five, Jessica's Arch, looks like the one to beat to me. She or He loves it at, at Sam H., uh, last out had a brutal start. The rival came over on him. Then he settled towards the rear, um, but he wasn't like too far out of it. Like six, seven off. He stayed inside. He angled around and then back up to the rail with a really nice sustained rally for the win on February the nineteenth. And he just—he's not a win machine. But if you just look at his short career at Sam Houston, this seems like where he's best, and he likes this trip. So Jessica's arch, I think you have to use in all the exotics. The two better jet. You know, he drew the rail last time out. He was a step slow. Then he immediately shot through, but he ran into some traffic and, and he was done early and he lost to a Broberg trainee. Now this one's going to go first start off the claim for Broberg with the main man Cabrera jumping aboard. And they claim for 62.50, but they're in for 5K Texas breads because this is a nice spot. You get a little Texas bread, a, a bonus here too. So, you know, Beta Jet, I think. Forwardly placed from the rail. Not sure if he really wants to go seven furlongs, but he should be winging it and be right on the lead. The one horse, kiss that baby boy, kiss that baby goodbye, who's coming out of much, much better races, but he's over his last 16. He just doesn't like to win. But again, it's that team of Asmussen and Elliott, so it's just tough to completely dismiss them at this track when they're hitting it at such a massive clip. And then I, you know, can't really dismiss the six Megan's lad who's 0 for his last 10, but 8 of those came on the grass, and his dirt form is really not that bad, and he's going to go second start off the long layoff in here, so, you know, maybe Megan's Lad is another one you can, you know, build a case for if you go a little deeper. I'm going to go 7-5, I kind of have them on a top tier, and then uh, below them I have 2-1-6, that's how I approach race number 4 at Sam Houston. Let's go to race 5. And we'll start with the six major shipmen. Who's going to pick up Parker? He just missed last time out. He has some speed, but he can sit. I think, you know, that that versatility could go a long way in this race. Who, you know, the one is going to be coming from way, way out of it when the penny drops. The two, Jazz Music, you know, he's just really tough to trust. He, I don't know if he wants to win, but he should be in the mix early. So I'll put the six on top of the two. And the one, who, you know, he'll be closing, but again... He drops, he's back to Sam Houston, and he will come rolling. And his three main track races have been, you know, pretty solid. The 8 and the 10, if you want to go a little bit deeper. Uh, the 8, Istin Warrior, who's going to pick up Cabrera. You have some outside speed on the cutback. This one is drawn well and just threw in a nice work. And then the 10, Thirsty Wildcat, who got the nice prep out of the, out of the way and should improve in this spot. 6-2-1-8-10 is how I'll play the fifth race. Sixth race. The number one, Berga Meista, we're going to use, who's coming back to the grass. And I think there's a really nice spot for Berga Meista going five furlongs. Not like a monster group. Look at the last time he was against Sneem. He's actually under four to one, so give him a, a long look in here if he's you know anything around eight to one or so. The number nine, I think, very very logical contender. That's about our time. Who should get a great setup in here? The eleven Texas Money Man. He has some speed as he proved last time out, but he can also sit, which should benefit him from the outside if he doesn't get hooked too too wide. And then the four Sneem, who it's just tough to leave him out of exotics. He should come running, and you're gonna get a good account of. Uh, he's gonna give you a good account of himself. So. Sneem in, in the mix too. 1, 9, 11, 4 in race number 6. Let's go to race number 7. You know, I just don't love this race. We won't spend a whole lot of time on it. Um, I do have the 8 horse on top. Approve this message. Whose last dirt race at Churchill I thought would just you know crush this group. Uh, the 1 American League from the inside who should come rolling late and just kind of save all the ground. But you know he actually has a little more tactical speed than he's shown when he wants to, he, he he just has the ability to close too. So I guess from the rail, you should have some options. 
and maybe against a group like this, they just think you're better and they just say let's get let's get you know out in front or, or sit close. Uh, the number seven, take charge, chase. The number five, Sammy Shin, and the number six, Isa Daddy. So nothing clever from me in this race. I'll, I'll just I'll have the eight uh, on top. Eight one seven five six. Kind of feel the the same way about race number eight. Um, not like totally confident in this race, but I do like the six. I think Will there is a way who was chasing lone speed if I'm a barn cat last time out, and he should just have a little more pace today to run at. And, and with Tool, I'm not sure if this one is best going this this far, but that's legit sprint speed from the number four. So we'll use the six with the four, and then the three, Spun Line, who might just fall into a really nice spot on the turn back, has enough kind of positional speed to put herself in a good spot, and then maybe if, if she kind of falls into it in front of Will There's Away. So let's go six, four, three in race number eight. Race number nine. 25 claimers, non-winners of four. Uh, the number five running with scissors will be a horse I single and some exotics. I just think that race at fairgrounds, it was close up, was third, in between horses, then down to the rail, nowhere to go behind horses, angled around, just missed. I mean, that's a really good effort. Any Anything close to that would, would beat this group. So the number five will be our top selection in here. Uh, the number six, Shifty Henry, you know, he can sit close. He can show a little speed. He's drawn pretty well. I think he's a, a price to include in this race. No real knocks on Kansas City Zip, who showed also that he can sit in his last start. And then the number four would be the next one, Ninth Street, who had a slow start, and then he ended up inside. He was a clear-cut second behind Kansas City Zip. He needs a little more pace to run at, but maybe the additional distance will will help Ninth Street. So five, six, three, four. I'll be singling the five and some of the exotics there. And then in race number 10, We'll close things out with the number six, Daryl's Little Diablo. Going to go second start off the uh, the bench, back to the grass in a race where like, nobody really has grass form to look at. So, you know, you look at horses who have run okay on the grass and you want to at least give them a, a long, long look in here. So the six we'll have on top of the 12, Algebra, uh, the four, Cato, Fox, Big Speed, Stretching Out. And in the seven, Golden Heat, who showed speed on the grass. Just a little worried that there might be a bunch of other speed in here, but maybe Golden Heat can show some of the other tactics and sit a little bit like uh, like he's shown. Um, but those have been in some sprints. So 6-12-4-7 in race number 10. So let's go through some of the plays for March the 17th. In race number one, you can do an early pick five. And I just, I just tell you pick fives because you'll know how I'm approaching each race. And if you just want to play a double, dude. Pick three, pick four, because remember, they're all 12% takeout. Unbelievable. So, pick five, first race. Three, four, six with two, three, four, five, with one, two, five, six, with one, two, five, seven, with a single of the six. And then we'll do another one where we go three, six with two, three, five, with two, six, with five, seven, with one, two, six, eight, ten. Then in the sixth race, we'll have a pick five. First one will be one, four, nine, eleven, with. One eight with all with five with four six seven twelve, and then what we'll do in in rate that'll be our pick five, and then in race number seven we'll come back and play a late pick four that starts in the seventh, and we'll punch this one all with three four six with three four five six with a single in the last of the six. You know if you want to go a little deeper, you heard how I uh, approached that tenth race, so. Uh, just a couple different approaches there on the tickets. Here's some of the plays for the day throughout the day. First race, the number six, Top Hat Charmer. Second race, the number two, Magical Force. Fourth race, the number seven, Stillwater R. Ninth race, the number five will be more of like a, an exotic single running with scissors. And the number the tenth race, the number six, uh, Daryl's Little Diablo. That is Tuesday for Sam Houston. Let's get to Wednesday. Okay, get your uh, Wednesday pass performances out for Sam Houston. Let's get you to race number one. I just do not like this race at all. And you know what? I'm not going to feel forced to play this race because we don't have to play the pick five. We can come back and play a pick four in race number two because it's not like the pick five is a low takeout pick five and the pick four is a high takeout pick four. They're both 12%. I don't like it. To me, it looks like it's going to be Goliath Ridge. It's going to be tough, but the problem I have with Goliath Ridge is he doesn't really have a lot of speed, so maybe this isn't a good spot for him, and I just can't really find who would be the the other one or horses to use, so I'm going to skip it. Let's go to race number two. We'll play a pick four in race two, and this is where we'll start with uh, our plays through the day. Maiden specials, mile on the main. 
Uh, I like the five in here, a fast broad. I think the stretch out is going to be really nice for her. She had a good start. She settled mid-pack in her most recent start. She was five off. She moved up the rail. She was nicely, you know, she was traveling really well. She got to within maybe two, three lengths. Then she had to slightly wait. She had to slow the momentum. She ended up finishing a, a fine third. Uh, the races prior to that she comes out of have been very productive races so far. Uh, I think a fast broad will enjoy getting a little more distance here. And in a race where, you know, there's a couple speeds, I'm hoping that she can sit maybe right behind them, uh, a fast broad. The one lightning bug from the rail, I'm just going to give her another shot in here. These, these are, you know, Asmussen, it's Elliot. Um, this one got some money, showed a little bit of speed, but the race was on an off-race track. I'm always willing to give um, horses a kind of a mulligan if they you know, don't run well on a sloppy racetrack in their debut. The number six, Lady Laura, looks like the one to beat. She was a good runner-up, and she hasn't really been bad in either of her two starts. You know, she she's going to be showing some speed. She's going to be in the mix throughout, and she looks like you know she'll probably take the, a ton of money. And then the number three, E Ticket Ride. I like the, the the jock switch here, and I think uh, I think she is a horse who can definitely pick up some pieces and at least spice up some of the exotics and get you a, a little value there. So let's go five one six three in race number two at Sam Houston. In race number three, we're going to single the five in um, in some of the early spots. That's Dawn's final four. I think he can just run away and hide from this group. He had a good start from the inside on February the twenty second. He had to wait, uh, work through, and then deal with pressure because he drew the he drew the two hole. So good start, but then you got to make you know you got to work your way up through a tight spot. You deal with pressure. He put away the other speed, but he couldn't hold off Airedale, who ended up sitting a real like a perfect trip. And Don's final final was a really nice second that day. He was a clear cut second. That was going seven furlongs, and he was doing that off the bench, and that is not easy. I think he's going to take this field gate to wire. The number seven Rebel Rumble, I like. He's drawn well to sit. I just hope that he doesn't try to get caught up early and put too much pressure on Don's final final. If that happens, then it sets up for a horse like the one game, set, and match who should come flying late but just has no speed whatsoever. The three Osmos, a little bit interesting on the drop in class, trying the dirt for the first time. So let's go five, seven, one, three. The five will single in some spots and maybe a horse to make a win wager on if we can get anything over five to two. In race number four, five furlongs on the turf course here. Uh, the five blinging rose. She was she was in tight in her last start. She was at the back of the pack. She really held her ground well, though. She was three deep, and then she angled around five wide. The wide trip really hurt, but she kept trying. She just missed second. You know, she's not a win machine, but she's pretty consistent on the grass. And I like the fact that, you know, Parker decides to stick with her today. She should get a really nice trip in here. It looks like there's a lot of speed and a lot of question marks. If anytime I'm a barn cat's in the race, you know there's going to be speed. Miss Invasive is very, very quick. Mimi Song from the rail has legitimate speed. Lay him out is not slow. Um, so I, you know, the, the Deuce is also another one who has a, a ton of speed. Five. Plingin' Rose gets the trip. The eight, you know, drawn with maybe the opportunity to sit a little bit, but she has to hope that she doesn't get caught up or forced wide. So I'm going to put her in the second spot. The three, lay him out, we'll be using, because I like the fact that she also has some speed and can sit, and she's run really well in her two starts on the grass. And then the number four, Miss Invasive, with that kind of speed, she just could be really, really dangerous. So five, eight, three, four in race number four. In race number five, Maiden special weights here. Blinkers come on the two Judy's prize. Blinkers on on the cutback, dropping out of a stakes race at Delta Downs, and the races prior to that at Delta were actually really good. They've come back very, very live. I think Judy's prize has the opportunity to sit a nice trip in here. What concerns me is that the nine and the ten look like the you know the top contenders. I get a little, I'm a little worried that they might end up kind of battling with each other on the front end. If Speed on Tap can sit, you know, maybe just right behind Liam's Tempest, then Speed on Tap is going to be really, really tough in here. So I don't want to, you know, completely dismiss the 9. And then the 10 Liam's Tempest, maybe enough speed to to show the way. You have that race under your belt now. You're going to put two starts together. I'm going to go 2, 9, and 10 in here. I'll use them in most of the exotics. So the two Judy's prize we'll have on top. In race number six, the number two game day decision is, is where we're going to start. You know, he has enough tactical speed 
to put himself in a nice spot from the rail and maybe not get shuffled and get into some trouble. And you're going to be, you know, trusting the services of Parker there. If you just key off his dirt form overall, he looks really good in here. It's a good spot for game day decision. The number five Valiant appeal was just super impressive. He took a massive step forward, um, and it was his first start. He hadn't raced from March. 23rd of 2019 to February 14th of 2020. He won by nine and a half lengths. He beat a horse named Young Philip, who was the heavy favorite that day. And Young Philip just came back to win by four lengths the other day. So Valiant Appeal, I mean, was excellent. And that was his first start in the Danny Pishbarn. I think you have to use him in all exotics after that kind of an effort. The one, it'll be the 1A of the entry that I like in here, War Argyle, who went long last time out and was just really flat and caught a, uh, a horse who went who won going gate to wire, and now he's going to cut back in here, so he should have a little more bottom on the cutback. So I, I think he could you know definitely pick up pieces late at the very least. And then you have Cat Second Silver, who's going to be cutting back in here, who's going to be involved early. He's not just a horse you can toss. So two, five, one, six in race number six. Uh, I thought the seventh, which starts your late pick four, was a... Kind of a hard, a hard race in here. The two I'll kind of have on the top tier will be the two and the nine. Who's fooling who? Who made a turf debut on February the 28th, showed some good speed, broke right with the leaders, uh, stayed in contention until late, and and the leader kicked clear. And now it's going to go third off the long layoff, second time on the grass. I think there's plenty to like about who's fooling who, who will put on top. Hopes he can just sit a, a really nice trip. Hopes she can just sit a really nice trip. The number nine, zip it up, my sister broke well, and she was sitting just behind the leaders on the inside, and then she just got stuck in that bad spot. She got shuffled. Um, she just had a really, really tough t- trip, and now she's going to get a nice jock upgrade here. I think the nine is one to use in all exotics. The seven, Dreaming Tiger, the, the turf race back in July was good, and... I think that may be able to wake her up a little bit in here, and you always have to take a positive when Cabrera jumps aboard. The number seven, Dream and Tiger, will put in the third spot. The 11, Covert Special, who's going to cut back. He was also in that Cypress Point race on February the 28th and was 50 to 1, and now will we'll take a ton more money with Parker aboard. Um, I just I don't like her as much as I like a few others in here. Um, the eight is another one who, Amardine, I think you can. You know, you can make a case for sneaking her into some of the exotics, making her first start on the grass. She continues to step forward um, in, in each of her starts. So let's go with uh, 2 9, 7, 11, 8. We'll put the two horse on top. Race number eight. The one prancing Miss Tissy, I, I loved her on March the 10th. And she just showed nothing. She broke well, but she didn't hold her position. She was back to last. She's better than that. And she's going to take a small drop in class. I I think she's going to run a lot better in here. If you put a line through her last race, and you were just playing her off the form prior to that, like let's say she didn't race on March the 10th, and you were just playing her off her races before, she would be you know maybe the horse to beat in here. So I'm going to use her. We'll put her on top in here. Um, we'll use along with the two other logical horses, the seven, Miss Funny Gun, who's getting major class relief, and the eight, Ash Blonde. And both of them got their first race of the year out of the way, too. They they have the right to, to improve in here and be a little fitter with that race under their belt. So let's use the one, Prancing Miss Tissy, seven, and the eight. In race number nine, the four, Banker Billy, he had an awesome debut, and then in his second start, he was part of five horses who all went for the lead. It wasn't the best trip, kind of a bad ride. He, he still kind of kept forcing for the front end when it was obvious he was just going to be in some trouble and there were a bunch of others going. If he can just kind of combine those two starts where maybe he's not so far back, but maybe he's able to show just a little bit more positional speed, he's going to be tough to to hold off in here. So I think you'll get a better trip here with Parker. Let's go with the four. Banker Billy on top. The three, Bandy's map. You know, obviously a logical contender on the big drop in class. And it's those Asmussen Elliott connections that you just you can't really dismiss with a horse coming in like this who's faced much better and and probably is the most talented horse in this field if he's kind of if he's figured it out yet. 
and then the five wild indie who's going to cut back and go third off the bench. You kind of hear my voice get disappointed when I have to have when there are races where I just feel like it's super logical and I can't really tell you anything outside the box or anything awesome. So let's hope we can get Banker Billy home and maybe get a little separation in in a couple. And then in race number ten, uh, so you know it's the three for me. It, the nine you can, I can take a shot with. I feel like the three Insta Famous is the one to beat. He just got nailed late for second, going long on the grass uh, for the first time, and he feels like the one to beat. And then there are some horses in here that I think you can take some shots with. You know, there are they're like the, the one I've tried to, to play a few times, Mula Wild. I'm gonna put the nine on top. Whiskey for breakfast. This one debuted was your favorite, going a mile against Maiden Tens at Delta. It was in the slop, got a ton of action, didn't show anything. And the dam- now comes to the grass, steps up. The damn one on the grass multiple times when a first level allowance at Saratoga. I think the nine is really sneaky in here. Whiskey for breakfast. Let's put the nine on top. And then the three, Insta Famous. So we'll use the three nine in all exotics, right? And then the six, Battleship Bevo in most. Because I think he's pretty consistent. I think you know what you're going to get from him. He's going to at least kind of grind along and hit the board and give you a, a good effort. And if nobody jumps up, he could win the race. Then after that, you know, the 8 Sedona Sunset, his January 31st race was actually much better than it looks. And then he improved again last time out, so I really don't have any knocks on him. The number 10, Carly's Dream, does own a turf-winning sib for a long shot, you know, and a long shot who only has one career race and now stretches out and tries the grass. The 11, Hoodoo Brown is a first-time gelding who was a good second in his only try on the grass against Maiden Claimers and now steps up. He flashed some speed from the rail, and there were two next-out winners from that February 15th race. And then the one, Mula Wild. I've chased this horse the last two times because uh, I liked her debut race on, or his debut race on November the 2nd back at, at Remington, and I played him, I used him in some exotics in, in both of his, his two I'm going to give him one more shot. You know, Cabrera gives him another shot too at a big price. So he jumps aboard. So uh, I think a difficult race to end the card there at Sam Houston. Let's go through our plays for uh, Wednesday, March the 18th. Second race, we'll play the pick four. 156 with 1357 with 58 with 2910. We'll play another pick four. 1356, single to five, Dawn's final final. 3458 with. Two, three, nine, ten. Race number six. We're gonna go uh, pick five. One, two, five, six. With two, nine. With one, seven. With three, four, five. With three, six, nine. And then you come back and let's play a pick four that starts in race number seven. And this pick four will be two, seven, eight, nine, eleven. With one, seven, eight. With four. With one. Three, six, eight, nine, ten, eleven. That one singles Banker Billy. So some of the uh, horses I like throughout the card to make sure to include in your exotics. In the second race, the number five, a fast broad. Third race, the number five, Dawn's final final. Fourth race, the number five, Bling and Rose. Hopefully we're going to get that five, five, five in races two, three, and four. And the eighth race, the number one, Prancing Miss Tissy. And the ninth race, the number four, Banker Billy. That's going to do it for this episode of That's What G Said Podcast. Do me a favor, if you can, head on over to YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you're listening, subscribe, give us a nice little rating and review. We'll do our best to just keep pumping out content for you because I know everybody needs a little distraction, and if there's races to cover, we'll cover that. If there's sports to cover, we'll cover that. If it's uh, you know Better Call Saul and uh, uh, Zoe's uh, a playlist and uh, – you know, we're talking about shows and, and movies and stuff. We'll, we'll we'll have some fun with that. We can always go back and talk about old sporting events. We can, um, you know, have uh, fun discussions like best of discussions and uh, all time favorites of this and that. So, really appreciate you hanging out here with us. And that's what G said. And what is a very a weird time in the world right now. So, have a great great week. We'll be back here later on in the week. And I'm not even going to promise you what we'll be talking about because. I don't really know what's going to be still going. It's just a fluid situation out there. But I do believe we will have 
our past the wire segment which we'll start having each and every week with john stetton we will do some interviews and uh, handicap some races if they're on there and we'll talk with chad cooper uh, about some wrestling Uh, i do know that for sure so thanks again folks Uh, we're gonna hear from one of our sponsors and then we'll close it out with joey cleveland just wanted to remind you about one of the sponsors of That's What G Said podcast, Sarah Candle Company. Visit sarahcandles.com, C-E-R-A candles.com. Use the promo code G-I-N-O for 10% off of your entire purchase. These are all natural soy wax candle. They candles, they burn longer. They are better for you than the candles out there that have that traditional paraffin wax. I know the people from this company personally. I've grown up with them my whole life. They love candles. And the goal was to, to have an affordable candle that everyone can enjoy use that promo code G-I-N-O my favorite is Fresh Roses the Fresh Roses scent is awesome if you're a horse racing fan they got Del Mar in there you ever want to know what Del Mar smells like but you couldn't make it out there order your candle right now from Sarah Candle Company the website C-E-R-A Candles.com Sarah Candles.com promo code G-I-N-O for 10% off your purchase